guys, this is Rob, and welcome to an experiment that I'm calling Give Us This Day, Our Daily Guinness. Every day in 2019, I'm sitting down, I'm drinking a pint of Guinness, I'm drinking, listen, I'm drinking a, wrap your mind around that for a second, I'm drinking a pint of Guinness every day in 2019. Uh, and it, some days doing that has been easier said than done because I found myself overseas in Germany already this year, searching down in the middle of nowhere trying to find a Guinness to drink. I've been, uh, I got hoaxed into paying more for a pint of Guinness while I was in where was, it was in Nassau in the Bahamas playing a gig earlier this year. La- this last month, paid more for a pint of. I think it ended up being something like thirteen bucks or eleven or thirteen bucks for a pint of Guinness. Absurd. Today, I want to share a story with you about one of the most embarrassing things that happened to me this past year. It does not make me look cool, but I would hear the reason why the hell would I share with you this story? Uh, And the reason is because this situation, this embarrassing thing that happened to me falling in front of hundreds of people on stage. uh, Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Falling on my face. How could a situation as embarrassing as this end up making me a more confident person, someone that's willing to assume more risk in life? I really genuinely believe that what I learned from this situation could have benefits uh, to someone listening. So I want to share it with you. This whole reason I want to share with you uh, this embarrassing story is because a uh, buddy of mine, Ian Allison, is doing a really cool thing on social media right now, specifically Instagram. He is in his stories sharing conversations he's having with other people and making uh, his Instagram stories a conversation. So he was sharing stories about embarrassing situations. And so I spoke about uh, this situation last year. Uh, he shared a couple seconds of it online, and a few of my friends or people that follow me reached out to me saying that they would like to hear the whole story in its entirety and its massive embarrassingness. So this is what it is. I wanted to I wanted to share it in full. So the deal is, this last winter I did a Christmas tour with a friend of mine. What I started noticing is, as the music director, I was thinking about the flow as we were going, and I realized that at the end of our show we had an encore section where we would end the show. We'd walk off stage, we'd all put on ugly Christmas sweaters, and then walk back out on stage uh, to sing a couple uh, final acoustic songs. And what I started realizing was that in some of the smaller venues, people didn't know when we left stage if we were going to do an encore, so it was kind of this awkward situation of people kind of clapping, people thinking they might get up and leave. So what I started doing is I would make sure... I was the last band member to leave the stage and everybody else would walk off stage. I'd be the last one there and I'd do this little hand motion uh, and I'm realizing I'm doing it right now and you can't see me, but I would, I would do this kind of put like a finger up, like one second, we're going to, we'll be back in one second. I'd I'd make this motion to keep up the applause and everybody would kind of like, kind of give this uh, breaking the fourth wall and kind of a a wink to the audience and we'd run off and we'd come back. It was, it was cheesy. I admit it, but it it got the point across and it was great. It was a great vibe. Uh, One of the, the last shows we were playing out in Virginia and we were playing in front of about 400 people. So it was one of the smaller ones. And 
uh, everybody walks off stage and I do my same deal, except everybody got off a little bit quicker than me. So I am literally the only person on stage. Everybody's clapping, looking at me, hundreds of people looking at me on stage. I do my own motion. Come on. We'll do, all right, we'll just be back just a second. I turn around to sprint and catch up with the guys and, uh, what all these cables that were running to this hub stage left, uh, there was a massive rat's nest of it and I turned around and I didn't see it and my right foot caught it mid sprint and I'm not kidding you. I fell four feet. I fell, I slid four feet. I fell smack on my face and slid with my hands out in front of me four feet and instantly the entire applause of the whole place, 400, 450 people stopped clapping. And all you could hear was this. Oh, there was a massive intake of oxygen out of the room. Just, oh my gosh, is he okay? Is he all right? What, is he all right? I was laying there face down, so embarrassed. Are you kidding me? And of course, the first thing that goes to your mind is, uh, for me, is trying, my mind naturally just wants to push the blame on somebody else. So I'm like, son of a bitch. Who left all these microphone cables laying all over the place? I was I was I was annoyed trying to not think about how embarrassed I was. But just collecting myself, I stood up, nobody was clapping, the entire room was dead silent. So I walked just to the front of stage and did the only thing I could think of. I took my hat off and I did this old vaudeville style bow. Everybody laughed. I just waved at everybody. They they laughed. They applauded. They realized, okay, he's fine. I I had this moment of uh, yeah. That we all know. Let's let's frame the situation here. We know what just happened. I'm fine. Let's move on. I went to the back green room where the guys were changing their sweaters out, and I said, hey, Dan, listen, I know you don't know what just happened. I had, took a big fall, but what I need you to do is I need you to take back control of the room. Right now, this situation, because of what happened, uh, the situation has control of the room. The person that has control of the room right now is the fall, this abstract entity this of awkwardness, of this uh, energy of feeling goofy, feeling bad for me, everybody, this almost everybody feels a little uncomfortable. Everybody, have you ever been, the way I describe it is, have you ever been watching uh, a play or a recital or some performance of some kind where a person is bombing it, they're doing horrible, and when you're sitting in the audience, you're not on stage, nobody's thinking about you, but you feel embarrassed for this person. Have you ever had that where you're watching someone on stage just doing horrible and you just start when you don't even want to make eye contact with any because anyone because the embarrassment that you're that's being put on that person is almost transferred to you so there's this vibe in the room this embarrassment this weirdness is its own tangible energy in a room and that is what has ownership right now. So I told Dan, I said, hey, you got to take back the room. And the way you do that is you need to make a joke at my expense. Talk, make a joke about, say, yeah, I, I, did, he fell or whatever. I can't remember what he said. He said, you need to make a joke about me falling. I'll come out. I'll laugh about it. I'll say something in my microphone. We'll make a joke about it and we'll take back control of the room. Now, here's the deal. We played, uh, finished up the rest of the set. It was fine. I was still really annoyed at myself. I was super embarrassed. Like I could, t I could feel, I had the, uh, my, I could feel my face being flush. I just, I was completely frustrated with the situation. So I said, "Hey guys, listen, you guys tear down. I'm just, I'm, I need some, I need some minutes by myself in the green room to process this. I just am super annoyed right now. It's just embarrassing." So. 
And so I'm sitting there in the green room, just wallowing in my own self-pity, self-doubt, embarrassment of the situation. And this thought comes to me. I grew up being uh, dealing with a lot of insecurities and self-doubt, whether it was physical stuff. I was a massive late bloomer when it came to physical stuff. And I was this tall, lanky kid who constantly was falling. I think I've tripped in front of people more than anybody else I know personally. And so I grew up with all these personal insecurities and it's taken me so long to work through those and get to this place of confidence I feel like I'm at in my life right now. But what I realized is that for the longest time in my life, I thought the goal was to not trip, to not fall, to not fail. Uh, And I mean that both physically, literally the goal is just trying to learn to use my freaking legs. Use my legs, uh, but also uh, in at more abstract terms, uh, to not take risks. Maybe I, maybe the goal is to be successful. Everybody talks about how everybody really. I mean, now that I'm talking about this out loud. Everybody talks about how to be successful, how to how to uh, manage risk. But n- what I realize is people aren't talking about of what do you do after you fall? What do you do after you fail? How do you pull yourself back up? So I really do believe this, by the way, the uh, life expands and contracts with our willingness to assume risk. And the only way to guarantee that you will never trip and fall is to place yourself in a sterile environment. And in that, like a physical situation would be uh, to sit down, to never stand up or move. Running is right out of the picture. Uh, but to place yourself in a sterile environment so you'll always be safe and you'll never trip. But if, I think we all know that's obvious that placing yourself in that situation would be a failure in and of itself. So maybe life isn't about avoiding tripping or failing or falling in whatever you, whatever aspect of life you're in right now. Maybe the goal is to find within ourselves a state of confidence and self-worth that cannot be affected by external circumstances. What if the ultimate goal is to learn how to, when you do fail, when you do trip and fall, to stand up and not just stand up and be cool with the situation, but to stand up and take back control of the room? How do we do that? I know there's a ton of parallels. And that this can be made uh, in your life, wherever you're at right now. But for me, I'm thinking of in that situation, in in a situation of being in front of people on stage, the only way to take back control is to put yourself in the situation instead of placing yourself. We really do this. We place ourselves where, you know, people weren't laughing at me, but people were worried and concerned. The focus was at me. But instead, how can I put myself next to? How can I put myself in the audience and we can both laugh? Not We're no longer laughing at me. We're laughing at the situation. How can you acknowledge it? One of the biggest mistakes I feel like performers make is to not acknowledge a situation that just happened. How many times have you, maybe you're a musician listening to this. How many times have you been on stage? Oh man, how do I even say this? Okay, here's a great example. How many times have I been on stage playing behind an artist where something happens on stage, whether uh, it's a gear situation, a gear uh, we're playing with tracks and the tracks fail or they glitch and so we have to restart a song or something happens in the environment and I've been staying behind an artist and they just don't know what to do, so they don't acknowledge it. So now this awkward situation is made even more awkward because 
the crowd is wondering, do you, are you in control here? Are you thrown off as much as we were thrown off by that? The second you can take back control and say something like, hey, listen, we just had, a, this, is, this is what happens when you play a live set. When you play live music, things happen with gear. There are so many factors. Uh, and we just had our tracks glitch. This happens sometimes. Hey, listen, we're going to start this song over because we think the song fucking rules and we want you to hear it from the top. Maybe it's something like that or just acknowledging the situation. We think by acknowledging it that we will be looked down on by the, the, by the audience or the bystanders or anybody that's watching it, but it really has the opposite effect. The second you take back control like that, you acknowledge the situation and you maybe just make a joke about it and you normalize the situation you will be surprised to see how much trust is built uh, between you and the audience or your friends or whatever your situation is. Uh, So here's the, oh, by the way, uh, here's a funny thing about the universe. Uh, Once you do something like this too and you acknowledge the situation and you acknowledge that this stuff happens, you're not alone, and you start looking for ways, you look for ways you can find solidarity with other people instead of trying to just ignore it and pretend it never happened. Something happens, I think, in the universe where things start to become made known to you. Conversations come up, things pop up in the weirdest ways that the universe almost acknowledges our search for solidarity and steps in to uh, enter into that with us. And I know maybe that sounds too frou-frou-ish. I, I th- here's what happened with me. I The week after this happened, and I acknowledged it, I moved on, we made a joke about it, and I felt great about it. Not great, I felt fine. All of a sudden these YouTube videos started popping up. All of a sudden, these conversations and reminders of different scenarios when some of my favorite artists have fallen off stage uh, happen. And so all of a sudden, like YouTube videos of like The Edge falling off the stage in a massive U2 concert, one of the biggest bands, my favorite band of all time, fell off stage. All of a sudden, my friends started telling me stories about Oh yeah, I was playing the show and my foot got tangled in the cable. I fell over on my back. I I was on stage with more people than just you, but I've fallen on stage all the time. And I started realizing that the majority of all my favorite musicians and artists have fallen in some way or another. And yet the difference is they didn't cancel the show because they're embarrassed and they didn't want to be in front of everybody. They took back the scenario, whether you are someone like freaking Dave Grohl who fell off the stage, you broke your leg and you were still a badass and you sang with a broken leg for the rest of the concert and you ended up making a whole shtick of it. I, we were on the road and we ended up opening for, uh, for Foo Fighters a few years back and they, I had a chance to look at Dave Grohl's uh, massive rock throne that he, they were traveling with. And it just made me think that, man, you know, all of my favorites, uh, artists, musicians, people I look up to, maybe even outside of music, have fallen at some point in time in their lives. Uh, and maybe, maybe that, maybe not falling is a sign that you haven't been doing it enough. Maybe you're not, maybe I realized that maybe if you haven't fallen, if you haven't said something stupid in front of someone, if you haven't fallen on stage, maybe if you haven't failed in some way, maybe that, what I used to think was success, maybe that is a sign of failure in your life. Maybe that's a sign that you uh, haven't been taking enough risks. Maybe you haven't been doing this long enough because if you do it long enough, we're all gonna fail, we're all gonna fall. And maybe... 
your falling and failing means that you get to join the long line of people who have been doing this in a massively successful way. And maybe, maybe it's a sign of positive, positive movement. You're moving forward. You're going somewhere. You're actually doing something in life. So the situation that I found myself in has actually turned into a really encouraging reminder for me. So all that to say, I would love to hear from you. Have you found yourself in an embarrassing situation? Have you been, found yourself uh, in the need to take back control of a room? Have you found things in your life that have helped you or reminders that have helped you? Whatever it is, reach out to me. You know the ways. Uh, and I'd love to hear your stories. That's all I got. Man, freaking story. All right, I got to go. I got to run. I've got a rehearsal today at 3 o'clock that I got to run off to. But wherever you are, hope you have a great rest of your day. And above all else, stay curious. Hey guys, this is Rob. Here's real quick before you go. I am sitting right now in my car. I recorded uh, this story I just told you about an hour or so ago. I was thinking about it as I was driving to a rehearsal that I just pulled up to. I'm about to unload my gear here in just about two seconds, but I want to add something onto this. Here's 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 something I think about. Uh, myself when I'm giving uh, when I'm giving stories telling stories like I just did or I'm having conversations with people I'm interviewing a tendency I have is to look backwards at something and just talk about you know what's the point what is the I, what is the what's the thing we can all learn or and it, that stems from really my genuine place in life where I'm constantly looking for the thing I can learn from a situation what does this situation have to teach me right now but I think when I do that, um, I if I rush past the situation, I don't honor it. I don't honor the pain of the situation. I don't honor the pain and frustration of other people's situations. And I am learning to be better at that. So here's the deal. I want to say this. Uh, when I don't want to, what, here's what I don't want. Let's, let's start with this. Here's what I, what I don't want is to make it sound like I was in that green room and I just was enlightened. I had this moment of lightning and I didn't suck and I just left feeling amazing and I felt super confident and all my interactions with people ruled. No, that situation fucking sucked. There was nothing fun about laying on your face in front of hundreds of people, face down, on a stage, getting up, uh, and then having to come back out and play a couple more songs in front of everybody, I felt guilty even. Part of a, part of a feeling I felt that I didn't talk about was I felt guilty about the fact that I, was, I felt like I was taking away. My uncoordinatedness was taking away from the attention of Dan and his music. I felt horrible uh, because afterwards, after we played, I had to go back and work the, uh, I was over and stand, I had to go back and stand by the merch table and talk to people and introduce it. And it came up, people asked me about it. The whole situation sucked, but it was only by looking at it and looking past it and outside of the moment, taking a breather 
uh, in while being in the moment, yes, I did a couple things right by taking back that moment, but it took me uh, a few days to process it and get my confidence back till I could genuinely laugh about it. So all I'm saying, is, I want to just, I just want to add this on that no matter where you're at in life, no matter what you're up to, what you're doing, uh, what your situation is, whatever your moment that you need to take back. Uh, it sucks and I don't want to take that uh, for granted and I don't want to make it lighter than it is. These situations we go through, uh, are painful. They are embarrassing. Uh, failure is not enjoyable. Uh, but all that to say, I still think we can look through it and learn something from it looking backwards. Uh, and that is part of the curious journey of being a curious person. So Hope you have a great rest of your day. I just wanted to add that on there. That's all I got.